0: A young man is walking down a pretty normal street in Switzerland. Suddenly, he smells something. It smells like sausage. It can't be sausage. The town is in the middle of Lent. It is illegal to eat meat right now. Who could possibly be cooking sausage? The smell is lofting throughout the street and others are coming out to see. What is going on? The young man follows the smell and finds himself standing in front of four pastors, including his own, Haldrick Zwingli. The men continue frying the sausage, ignoring the people who are now standing in the door. Then they cut the sausage and serve it to each other and eat it. While Germany had its famous letter nailed to the door that started a Reformation, Switzerland had sausage. And although Haldrich Zwingli did not eat the sausage that morning, he was there in agreement with the men who did. And he would become the face of the Switzerland Reformation. podcast is following the story of the church from our first episode of Jesus Christ the start of the church the apostles early church and on we're following the story of the church in order however during the reformation so many of these great men and women of God lived at the same time so our stories right now are intertwined with each other today we're looking at the man Holrick Zwingli Can we just pause for a minute to admit that this is a wonderful name to say, Zwingli? We have looked so far at the start of the Lutheran Church, Church of England, Presbyterian, and today, the Swiss Reformed Church. Let's start at the very beginning of Zwingli's life. In the Alps of Switzerland, on the first day of the year, 1484, Holrick Zwingli was born. Zwingli was an incredibly gifted, intelligent child. His father, the village magistrate, encouraged him to study. By the age of 10, Zwingli was accepted into university. During his studies, he found a love for music and the classics. By age 14, he had a Master of Arts degree. He was then ordained as a priest. Zwingli saw this as a cushy job. He had time to engage in his interests and only had to do Mass once a week. During this time, Zwingli became very patriotic. His sermons were a time to talk about his love of Switzerland. He preached for war, against anyone standing in the way of Switzerland rising to power. Then, in 1515, Switzerland went to war against France and Italy. Zwingli proudly went to the battle as a chaplain to encourage his fellow citizens in the fight. But what Zwingli saw changed him forever. The cruelty, the brutality of the hand-to-hand combat was something he was not expecting. He held the hands of dying men and prayed for them. He heard the screams of the wounded and the silence of the dead. He saw scenes of horror we can only imagine would be found at the battle scenes in 1515. Zwingli returned to his home a new person. He still loved his country dearly, that had not changed, but he knew there had to be more to life. He began to read. He read the Bible in Greek and Hebrew and he read the books from the early church fathers. He also became friends with a priest named Erasmus. We did an episode about him already and if you have not listened to that one, please check it out. Erasmus was a very important person during the Reformation. Zwingli became heavily influenced by the humanists. Now remember, at this time, humanists were not what we think about today. They believed humans were created in God's image and that all lives are valuable for that reason. They also believed to the fountain, which means go to the source. Don't read books about the Bible, read the Bible. One year after that battle, Zwingli finished reading the Greek New Testament and was converted to true faith in Christ. That was just one year after the conversion of Martin Luther. For the next four years, Zwingli preaches on salvation through grace, the fact that Mary is not a deity and cannot save us, and even the fallacy of the Pope. But it is the day when he stands by and watches as four other priests cook up sausage during Lent and then serve it to each other that lights a fire. Some people were angry and brought the priests before the city council. They wanted them tried. The city council heard the argument the priests made against the Pope and the city council sided with the sausage eaters. This made the people who supported the Pope very angry and the people who wanted a reformation very happy. The supporters of the Pope lived in five city states that were controlled by the Pope. They began to threaten war. That threat would hang over the head of Zwingli and his followers for years. Then, in 1519, the plague came to Zurich, where Zwingli lived and ministered. The town had 7,000 people. 2,000 died. While some pastors fled the town, Zwingli refused to close the door of his church. He preached every Sunday morning, and during the week, he cared for the sick, the dying, and the family's grieving. Then his brother who was serving with him got sick, and shortly after that, he died. Then Zwingli got sick. He was sure he was going to die, but miraculously, he recovered. This was once again a pivotal time in his life. Once the plague was no longer in town, Zwingli had a new passion to preach. One of the things Zwingli preached about was the end of times. Between plagues, wars, earthquakes, it looked like the end was near. Zwingli believed the Pope was the Antichrist, and this was what all the Reformers taught. Not just the Pope on the throne at the time, but the very position of the Pope was the Antichrist, because the Pope took the place of Jesus. Zwingli also preached on the topic of Communion. Zwingli preached that the wine and bread represented Jesus's blood and body, but did not actually become his blood and body. This was opposite of what Martin Luther was preaching. Zwingli turned mass into communion, and the other churches followed. He married, and the other pastors followed. Zwingli still loved Switzerland. He was still a patriot, but now he believed for Switzerland to be great, three things had to happen. One... People had to repent of their sins and put their trust in Jesus alone. Two, families had to be strong. And three, education, education, education. So, he preached the gospel. He set up family councils who would visit families and make sure families were connected and strong. Laws were passed that made infidelity and abuse illegal. Next, he turned the large Catholic buildings into schools. This made the Catholic city-states angry and war an even greater possibility. During this time, Zwingli continued to pass laws, including making it illegal to skip church. But another group began to rise up at this time. A preacher named Felix was preaching something completely radical. Every religion you were born into, even Judaism, you can walk away and leave a religion, but you can never choose to enter it. Christianity at the very creation of the church was different. You must decide for yourself to enter into the church. You are not born into the church. By the time of the Reformation, that had changed because the church and the state had married. So you were born, baptized by the church, and now part of the church. And the state used the church records from the church to collect taxes, for census, and for creating armies. Felix preached the church had to divorce the state. Baptism was a choice and people had to have the ability to choose baptism for it to count. Laws could not be written to force Christianity and fighting wars to force other countries to be part of the church was not the way to grow the church, but rather to preach sin and repentance in those countries. Felix and Zwingli did not agree on this matter. Zwingli thought his idea of kicking the state out of the church would hurt the church and the state. However, Zwingli had a hard time with the idea of baptism. As he studied the Bible, it seemed that baptism was something that people in the Bible chose to do. There were no babies baptized in the Bible. Zwingli came very close to accepting the theology of adult baptism, but he could not bring himself to preach this because of his love for the country. If the church was to end infant baptism, the state could collapse. When an infant was baptized, they didn't just enter the church, they became citizens of the country. So, Swingley preached that infant baptism was the same as child circumcision the Jews did in the Old Testament. Felix continued to preach and his radical reformers grew. They were called Anabaptists or anti-Baptism. The government saw Felix and the radicals as a threat to national security, and Felix was arrested. He was found guilty, tried, he was tried and found guilty, and condemned to death. He was killed by drowning. While Zwingli did not participate in the trial or the killing, he did nothing to help Felix. Once Felix was killed, more of the radicals were arrested. Many were imprisoned and killed. This included men, women, and even children. Zwingli never helped any of the radicals or preached to end the persecution of these Christians. During this time, Zwingli had a debate with Luther. The debate was over the blood and body of Jesus and communion. Luther was so harsh and demeaning to Zwingli that when Zwingli ended the debate, he was in tears. He had been excited to meet Luther and had hoped they would be friends. During all of this, the Catholic states had continued to threaten war. Then, on October 9th, 1531, they declared war. The Catholic Church sent in troops to help the Catholic state. They attacked on October the 11th. The entire battle lasted one hour. The reformers were outnumbered three to one and had no chance. Zwingli suited up and joined the war. It was clear at the very start this was going to be a brutal fight. Zwingli saw a fallen friend and ran to help him. As he knelt over his friend to pray with him, he was hit in the head by a large rock. He fell next to his friend. He was then hit by a spear. As the war raged around him, Zwingli lay bleeding next to his friend, who had died by this point. He heard the cries and yells of war all around him. Suddenly, men stood above him. A soldier saw that he was dying and asked him, Do you want a priest? Zwingli was unable to speak. But he shook his head, no. Suddenly, the men realized this was the preacher. This was Zwingli. They shouted, die, you heretic. They drew their spears and ended the life of Zwingli. The men then took the body of Zwingli to their superiors. The war had ended, but they wanted everyone to see what the Catholic Church thought of Zwingli. They took his body. They tied his arms and legs to horses and then had the horses run in opposite directions until his body was torn into four parts. Then they burned his body. Then they mixed his ashes with pig poo. Then they spread it all over the country. But the Reformation in Switzerland didn't end on the battlefield. It continued to grow. And the radicals, the Anabaptists, also continued to grow. In our next episode, we're going to talk more about the Anabaptists during the time of Reformation. You're not going to want to miss this. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. For more podcasts, blogs, and videos, check out lauraleesiemens.com. I'll see you next week.